Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining me on I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. And uh, today's guest, uh, we met over 20 years ago. We're trying to figure out when exactly, but we'll get into that. Uh, today's guest is Dennis Snow. Dennis is the president of Snow and Associates, but I met him in a previous life. So number, first thing, Dennis, welcome to I Don't Care. Secondly, I know you're a UCF grad and I've got to say welcome to the Big 12 from a Baylor Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a big year for us. It's a big year. I yeah. wish I could make it to the game down there, but I'm otherwise uh, uh, detained. So yeah. let's just say in a couple of years I'll make it to Orlando. Uh, all right, very good. Yeah, this is going to be quite a quite an interesting year. It really will. Yeah. So so Dennis, you know, you're a customer service expert, keynote speaker, author. But what I really love is, you know, your organization. I love how you put this. You help clients achieve walk through fire customer loyalty. Right, right. right. So that's really cool. But we got to go way back. How did you mm -hmm. get involved in this? Yeah, well, I, I worked with Disney World for 20 years. Uh, it was going to be a three-month job. You know, that was the, <laughs> uh, I, I worked, it's actually a ride that's not there anymore. It was called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Okay. Uh, I, I was Captain Nemo. Nice. And uh, so it was just going to be a summer job, but I ended up getting into management and managed various operating areas, which I loved. And the internal training arm of Disney World was called the Disney University. Mm -hmm. And I ran a division of that for several years. Loved that. And then we spun off where you and I met called the Disney yeah. Institute, where organizations would come down to benchmark best practices with us. And uh, that's how you and I met. And uh, I ran a division of that for uh, a few years. So I hit my 20 year mark and I thought that's a good round number. I'm going to see if I can go out and do this thing on my own. So I did. And it's been 23 years. It's been wonderful. Uh, I love doing it. But yeah, that's my whole thing is, is helping organizations develop that that intense customer, patient, client, you know, whoever I'm working with, help them develop that that loyalty. Yeah. You know, uh, and kind of the backstory for us, uh, when I was a Good Samaritan Health System in Kearney, Nebraska, we were tasked by our corporate entity, uh, Catholic Health Initiatives, to come up with a, and this was very different and very new in healthcare, a yeah. service excellence model. And so, you know, we started out, we did a lot of, uh, a lot of data mining and, and analysis. And uh, we, we came upon the Disney Institute for Healthcare Customer Service. So my uh, fellow uh, administrators and I, came down, I think we spent about three or four days or- Yeah, probably months. three days. I think you did three days with us, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it was just, from from our perspective, you know, if you if you step back, we're, you know, Disney, hospitals, we're both service industries. I mean, right, in, right. You know, in a sense, and so, you know, we're there to, you know, people typically don't come to the hospital for the same reason they come to Disney. They're, They're not true. delighted. True. But they can be, and there can be yeah. aspects of that. And well, so, and the yeah. other thing to consider, too, is they're both emotionally charged events. Absolutely. Now, the emotions are different, but you're still dealing with people's very intense emotions. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, mm -hmm. but I just remember what struck us was, you know, Disney's intentionality about everything. 
about mm -hmm. the entire experience. You know, we got to go underground, which was yeah. fascinating. I've been to right. Disney, uh, Disney World before, but what really got me was, you know, and we started using your your jargon backstage right. and everything else. And, and but I tell people about you know going down, you know, going underground. And I said, the entrances were out in the open and nobody ever noticed them because they right. just held it into the entire experience. And so was, yeah. we tried to mimic some of that. But we took the learnings that we gained from, from you guys, which were phenomenal. Uh, then we went over to, and I'm sure in customer service, you run into Quint Studer. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Quint was still at, uh, at Baptist in Pensacola. We spent some time with him. Uh, and then we went back to our place and put together uh, just a, a wonderful service excellence model that we had. We rolled out over a year's period of time that I was telling somebody earlier today, you know, just made a huge impact on our uh, employee satisfaction, our position satisfaction. That's great. Satisfaction. That's great. And we yeah. were already doing it well. But again, yeah. you know, coming to a place where we can learn even more and think differently was phenomenal. So, well, you're right. That was kind of an interesting time because that's when healthcare really was making that transition to looking at the patient experience. And I think part of it had to do with reimbursements and, you know, th those kinds of things were, were all involved at that time. But it was it was that pivotal moment. And uh, so we got involved in working with healthcare, and and, and you and your group came down and um, we kind of learned together. Uh, as we yeah. learned more about healthcare and and so forth, so it was a, a win. you paid us, but it was a win win. You know? Well, you know, it was yeah. fun. We yeah. we got a great experience, so I I, I, yeah. I feel I feel it was definitely a win win. So, yeah. and, and I'll tell you, you know, I, people ask me, you know, I've been doing this for thirty four years, and people ask me what what are the the real accomplishments of your career or whatever. I always point to that, you know, setting oh, up. Yeah, that's great. That, service excellence model, because it did make such a difference. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and we had a great time doing it. And, yeah. and fortunately for us, CHI then took that in and spread that among uh, their other hospitals throughout the system. And so, One of the things that I found, and, and I'm sure you ran up against this, and I still find it today when I work with healthcare organizations, is there's an initial resistance. You know, we're not Disney World, you know, right. we, we're saving lives and, you know, we're not we're not Disney World. But it's interesting as you spend time with the healthcare organizations and the people within the operation, whether it's nurses, physicians, other other uh, clinical folks and non-clinical folks. Just a little bit into it, they start to admit this is why I got into healthcare in the first place, yeah. you know, is to create these these. Uh, the, this feeling, this overall feeling of we really care about you, not just as a procedure, but as a as a human being. Yeah. And they said, yeah, that's why we got into healthcare in the first place. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, even back in those days, we talked about, you know, uh, patients have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I had a I had a CEO one time said, you know, you can go pretty much from hospital to hospital and get a procedure and the quality is going to be about the same. I mean, there right. may be some variation, but it's sure. going to be about the same. But it's how you deliver the care mm -hmm. is what makes the difference. And that's what drives uh, customer loyalty. So, yeah. You know, no, it's uh, interesting. I was asking a, a focus group one time when I was working with a hospital and um, the uh, it was one of their physicians groups. 
And I asked one of the participants, you know, about their experience. And they said, well, I just changed doctors. I requested to change doctors. Okay. I said, why was that? And I said, well, she said, my previous doctor didn't spend much time with me, you know, mm-hmm. and my current one, he comes in, he sits down and he, he talks with me, you know, I die. And I said, I, I really want you to think about this. Does your new doctor really spend more time with you or does it just feel like it? Right. And she thought about it. She said, you know what? I think it just feels like it because yeah. of, the, of the way he does it. And, and so it's not about time. You know, I know you're, you're, the listeners are very busy people, no matter who they are. They're very busy people. It's not about time. It's about the way you do things. Yeah. So 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 give my give my folks a, a, t- a few tips on on how to be more intentional when you're having a, a, a patient interaction. Well, I, I think one of the things and, you know, a lot of the data backs this up is that patients really want whoever they're interacting with, they want to be listened to. Mm-hmm. You know, they really want to be because, again, this is such an emotion. This is people are so out of their comfort zone yeah. when they're dealing with any type of medical situation, whether it's their own, a family member, whoever. Um, this is about as far out of their comfort zone as they're ever going to be. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want to be listened to. Uh, they don't want to be treated as a chart. You know, they, they want to be, tre- and it's really right. easy to do that now with, with the computer or the tablet, whatever we're holding. It's very easy to become more focused on that than the person. Yeah. And so there's an art to it of making sure that you're listening, you're creating that personal connection, um, that you value their input, which I know can be frustrating because we all go on the internet nowadays and, you know, do our own research, but that's just part of it. That's just part of it now. Uh, But that they're listened to and that you really, again, it goes back to making this human being feel valued, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and, and not just, this is my 915 appointment. Yeah. Well, and and, you know, it it can be really difficult for clinicians uh, because most of them aren't really wired that way. I right. mean, you know, I'm, I was a business guy. I was a marketing management guy, outgoing, you know, kind of salesy, you know, all that clinicians, man, they're scientists and they're, yeah. they're trained, they're trained a certain way to analyze and, and, and diagnose. Mm-hmm. And so being that, which is important, which is, it is, important. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, but being, yeah. you know, recognizing the, the need to be intentional with communicating their expertise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes that's difficult for, for clinicians to, to grasp uh, onto. And one of the things they can do to help with that is think about how they like to be treated. Sure. You know, anywhere, whether it's a healthcare, you know, think about, you know, going into a store, going into a rest, you know, a nice restaurant, going to a theme park, uh, how you like to be treated. You can pretty much nail down. The, the things that people do, they make eye contact with you. Right. They listen to what you're saying. They repeat back to you what you might have said. They, you know, if they remember things about you, say, hey, I know the last time you were going to Disney World, last time I saw you, you were going to Disney World, how was it? Um, so it's not magic, you know, it's yeah. not rocket science. It's just those little common courtesies that we all lose sometimes, especially when we get busy, right? I mean, especially when we get busy, we get very clinical, uh, we get very task oriented, and we just have to make sure we're being present for that 
individual. And that's one of the things they taught us at Disney is while you're loading people on the rides, there's a task to that. You know, you're loading people on the rides. And but at the same time, you're making eye contact with them. You're smiling at them. You know, you read their Mickey Mouse, the, the name stitched on the back of their Mickey Mouse ears. You say, hey, Bobby, how are you? And it just freaks the kid out, you know, oh, that, sure. you, that you did that. But it's just those little things that we all know, but we just don't always do them, you know, no, especially right. when we're when we're busy. Well, and, and uh, you used a phrase that, that we try to, to emulate all the time, be present. Yeah, you be know, present. Me, you know, and, and you, you mentioned the, the advent of tablets, and sure, it's a lot more efficient, mm -hmm. but you, you, it takes the focus off the patient when you're over right. there trying to, trying to type everything in. So, and, and there, so, so there's an art to going back and forth. Yeah. And I remember talking to one doctor one time who when uh, she was working on the tablet, she would actually turn it to the patient so the patient could see, you know, what she was doing and they were having a conversation, you know, while she was doing it. I thought that was a pretty good idea yeah. uh, to do that. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. But, you so, know, I'll bet you if you're with your listeners, if we said list five things that being present means in healthcare, I'll bet every one of the listeners could do it right oh. now. They could do it. I, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you know, uh, a couple of your books that you've authored. Unleashing Excellence, The Complete mm -hmm. Guide to Ultimate Customer Service. How do you define ultimate customer service? It's when people are recommending you, when they're saying good things about you, when they can remember positive moments about you. But, you know, as we know from a lot of the research, the, the real kind of winning uh, one is likelihood to recommend. Sure. You know, how likely are they to, to, to recommend you? So when you're the one that people say, oh, you've got to go to this doctor, you've got to go to this hospital for the procedure, uh, whatever it may be, and they don't even have to think about it. You know, mm -hmm. it just automatically comes to mind. Um, you know, that's how you know you're delivering the ultimate experience, of which the clinical outcome is very important, too. Um, but but at the same time, I don't really understand all of that. You know, I don't I don't really understand the clinical side of things, but I sure understand how you're treating me. Yeah, I sure understand sitting in the waiting room and nobody comes over and just says, sorry for the delay. You know, it's going to be a few more minutes. You know, th this happened and we're if you could just bear with us, you know, when that doesn't happen, we just get more and more frustrated and, fr you know, and 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 we'll lie about it. We'll say I had to wait for three hours. I waited for yeah. three. Now they didn't wait for three hours, you know, but it felt like three hours. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, that's something that, that all hospitals deal with, particularly in the emergency department. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. we've we we need to communicate with our people that these moments are important and that you're empowered to do them because again a lot of people had that sucked out of them in previous lives yeah. um and so we need to put that back in and say yes we want you to do this it's not about time it's not about money it's about treating people with dignity treating people with respect and uh you know you can have those planned moments and then you can have the unplanned ones, you know, that right. just happen. Uh, I remember, and this was a big deal for me, 
A uh, couple of years ago, I went through a cancer situation and I did chemo and radiation and, and all of that. And in my last chemo treatment, they had me ring. Oh, yeah. The bell. That was ring a I'm not an emotional person. I don't really get emotional. But I'll tell you what I did that day. Wow. And it was and I didn't think I would, but I did. And uh, it was a it was a big deal. And I think we need to remember those things. That what we, you know, as a nurse or a clin any clinician and, and anybody in the hospital, the things we do multiple times a day, mm -hmm. your patients do not, yeah. right? They're out of their comfort zone. You know, the nurses and the, the clinicians may hear that bell 20 times a day. I only rang it once That's and it, right. was a, it was a big deal to me. Right. You know, yeah. when, I, when I have a blood draw, that just freaks me out, okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with that. I want the nurse. Now, first of all, I want her to do the blood draw correctly, you know, yeah. get, to get the, the, the vein the first time and everything. I, oh, I yeah. want that. But I want her talk, talking to me, you know, soothingly, tell me how brave I'm being, mm -hmm. you know, maybe give me a dinosaur Band-Aid, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, but you know, it's not about spending more time. It's about the way you do it. The way you spend your time, boy, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you know what? Congrats on ringing the bell. That's, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. That it was a big deal to me deal. and my wife too. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so again, we we have to remember that these are times that people are just so uncomfortable, so scared. Uh, what may be a simple procedure, regular routine procedure, nothing nothing healthcare wise is routine to right. a, to a non non provider. Well, I mean, it's a simple procedure to us, but if it's happening to you, that's not a simple thing. I mean, right. that, you know, it's right. impacting. Well, you know, some of the things, you know, and, and like we talked about, you know, what, what my colleagues and I learned down there was the intentionality behind customer service. Even in difficult times, you know, there, there are ways that you can, I hate, I hesitate to say a moment of delight, but mm -hmm. it kind of can be, you mm -hmm. know, Every now and then we'll have patients who pass in the hospital who are uh, organ donors. Oh, yeah. And so whenever we have somebody who is uh, who we are, uh, you know, gathering their organs. Right. To be transplanted elsewhere because we don't do transplants here. We have a flag out front and we will invite the family members to come outside where we raise the flag. You know, we, you know, we're a faith-based organization, mm -hmm. so we'll pray um, and, and share that time with them. You know, it's amazing the that impact is, that has on the yeah. family. Because and somebody yeah, had to think of that. Somebody had yeah, to think of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they lost a loved one, but we're honoring their loved one and we're thanking them for saving somebody else's life. Right, right. And so things like that. You know, so it's, it's, not, it's not a happy moment. No, but it's no. a dignified, respectful, yeah. proud yeah. moment. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell you, during during the pandemic, and you know, early on nobody knew what was going on. Right. You know, it was crazy. Uh, but you know, it was a real celebration for us when we discharged our first COVID patient. Oh you know? yeah. Yes, so, that makes sense. Yeah. You you'll love this. So so what we do is we we called, you know, over the loudspeaker, hey, we're discharging a, a one of our patients. And we played the song, 
by Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine. These people are getting wheeled out and, you know, it was a big deal. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I remember working with a hospital. I think this is actually kind of a popular thing, maybe, uh, where every time a baby is born in the hospital, they they play Brahms lullaby very yeah. softly. Yeah, I love that. I, and again, somebody had to say, you know what would be a good idea? And I think that's a really good thing for your listeners is one of the best ways to make this happen is to engage your team, you know, in your team meetings and, you know, the regular meetings we all have with our teams say, Somebody share a, a wow story, you know, yeah. something that you did or that somebody else did that you heard about. And you start getting people thinking about these moments of delight. Mm -hmm. You know, you start getting them thinking that way. And, and the best thing that can happen is somebody thinking, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. And then you can take some of the best of the best of those ideas and weave them into the mm -hmm. like with the flag um weave them into the, the 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 way you do things going forward yeah well you know the other the other impact of playing brahms lullaby over the overhead is the impact it has on our associates right because, right you know i mean they might be in the middle of a difficult procedure or whatever and you know it's 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 mm -hmm. really tough on the patient and their family they hear that overhead. It's like, you know what? There are some good things that are happening. Right. right. A miracle just happened. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, so, I love those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. So in our last few minutes, Dennis, any more words of wisdom for my folks? Yeah. I think that, you know, well, well, first of all, I think we're, we really miss the boat in a lot of cases mm -hmm. is not involving our people in the, in the forward movement of our, organization. We kind of come up with ideas in our own ivory tower and then present them, you know, to to our people. And I think we need to flip that around. We we need to engage our people and how can we get better at this? You know, what what can we what are some ideas you have? Where do you see the pain points, you know, the 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 frustrations that occur in our processes and what can we do about them? Now, we've got to be realistic. We're not going to solve everything. Right. right. We're not we're not going to. But you can solve a few things and it, and it accomplishes two things. It, it makes the patient experience better, but it also makes the employee experience better. That's you right. Know, because now they feel, OK, I'm part of this. You know, I'm a custodian, but really I'm part of the patient experience. Uh, I, I work in the cafeteria, but I'm a part of. And so let's make this as positive an experience as it can be. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so I think that's one place that we, we miss a lot. Yeah. I think the other thing that we can all do, and, you know, I know that you've talked about this, is experience our operation as a patient or a customer or a family member would. I remember one person, and it might have even been you, I don't, I don't remember, uh, told me that one of the things that they did was they actually laid down on a gurney and, and had somebody wheel them through the hospital. Oh, so yeah. what they were, you know, what they were seeing and what they were seeing were water stains and oh, chip yeah. ceiling tiles and burned out lights. And, you know, that's what they were seeing. And so experience, you know, taking your team out to the parking lot and let's say, let's just walk into the emergency room, you know, into the waiting area and then into let's, and what are we seeing? You know, what are we hearing? Uh, what can we improve? 
And so experiencing that as, as a, you know, quote unquote customer uh, yeah. would. And, you know, there's another thing that, that I always do with, with my clients now at the, the very beginning is I say, let's sit down together in a series of meetings. And what are three things you would want a customer to say about their experience? You know, that you would want them to say. So at Disney, we would say it was a magical experience. They paid attention to every detail. Uh, they made us feel special. Okay. Now you can take those three things and start putting behaviors to them. So if we want our guests to say they paid attention to every detail, then what do we need to be committed to? Well, yeah. you know, if I see a piece of trash on the ground, I need to go over and pick it up and throw it away. You know, sure. if we want people to feel special, uh, if I see a guest getting ready to take a photograph of their family to go over and say, can I take the photo for you so that you can right. be in it too? So just by doing that, you know, what are three things we would want people to say about their experience? You can just take that as, you know, and, and come up with all kinds of ideas. Absolutely. Well, hey, Dennis, we're bumping up against the... Uh, oh, we are. Cow. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It has been so great to see you again, reconnect. Yeah, to see I mean, you, yeah. I tell you, you had a huge impact on my career because like I said, I I used the experience down there and, and talked about it often. So thanks for that. I oh, mean, that, that is so nice of you to say. I, I yeah, appreciate it, that. That means a lot. That means a lot. Well, well yeah. okay. So so if, if my audience wants to uh, hear more from you and engage with you guys, oh, yeah. How can they do that? Yeah, the best way, we, we use our website as the hub for everything. Okay. So it's www.snowassociates.com. So snowassociates.com. So that's got my books, articles, blog, videos, you know, et cetera. Uh, if somebody wanted to bring me in, the contact info. Okay. So we try to make that as easy as possible. So the, the website, right. snowassociates.com is the best way to go. That's great. Dennis, thanks so much for being on I Don't Care with me today. It's been great. It's Dennis my Snow, pleasure. Snow Associates, thanks so much. Everybody, hope you've enjoyed today as much as I have. Uh, take care, and we'll see you next week. Thanks.